Hey, hockey moms, check out bluelinehockeyclub.com for all the past and future podcasts. Tonight's podcast is brought to you by... That time of year again, let's get on to 24hockey.us or 24hockey.ca, the place to go for all your hockey apparel needs. Official sponsor of the Blue Line Hockey Club. We support 24hockey all the time. We love their gear. We got their hats, lids, hoodies, you name it. If you got somebody that needs a great Christmas gift, 24hockey.us is a place to be. Use promotion code 12BL8C15OFF for $15 off your entire purchase. So use that code 12BL8C15OFF. Check them out. 24Hockey, where the culture. Welcome back to another fitting episode of the Blue Line Hockey Club. Episode 40 tonight, we have the usual suspects in the house. Patrick, Uncle Lardy Sullivan. What's up, Patrick? Aloha. And the local nerd on staff, our IT guy, Robbie P. Peters. What's up, Peter? Hey, how's your mom and them? And the all-around sports guru, Derek D-Train. He too. What's up, D-Train? What's up, sweetos? And your host of the Blue Line Hockey Club, Mark the Doctor Morley. Meow. Oh, doctor. Very special guest in, in with us tonight, the Blue Line Hockey Club, Chris Lee. What's up, Chris? How's it going, boys? Thanks for having me on. Good. Thanks for coming on. Good, man. I guess just to set the tone, I guess you know some of the guys on the show from uh, Potsdam State, SUNY Potsdam. Yeah, I do. It's, uh, yeah, we uh, haven't been in touch in a little while. It's nice to, to hear some uh, familiar voices. Yeah, <laughs> uh, a little while as in like 13 or 14 years. Yeah, yeah seriously, it hasn't been that long. Holy shit. <laughs> yeah, it's been, a, it's been a while. It's been a while. I uh, when I got your number, Chris, I I had to hold back all my questions and everything for the recording. I, I <laughs> we, there's just too much to uh, to to cover in uh, you know so little time here. <laughs> yeah, it's been such a long time. I'm sure there's uh, lots of stuff to cover. So where are you tonight, Chris? Yeah, where are you? Uh, I'm home right now in uh, in Nashville. Just put the boys down to bed, so uh, just getting ready to, to do the show here. Nice Nashville. job, Dad. Nice job. <laughs> hardest part of life we're all we're all parents here so we 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 feel you you get it you, mm-hmm. yeah you get it for sure yeah <laughs> um listen so you know i i would say let's start off I, I i'm always the one that starts off with the history of how you got to let's say even suny potsdam tell us uh about your career uh even uh Let's go past Sunny Potsdam even, but, uh, you know, start with uh, your hockey career. Tell us a little bit about uh, your history there, Chris. Yeah, I uh, grew up in a small town, Ontario, you know, put on skates at a pretty young age. I played minor hockey. Yeah, Mac Deer. I played my minor hockey out of Perry Sound because uh, in Mac Deer we only had like 700 people in the town, so we only had like eight kids our age, so we didn't even have enough kids for a hockey team, so... Uh, I had to go to the next town to, to even find a team to play for, uh, which was Perry Sound. I ended up playing all my minor hockey there and my tier two junior. Uh, we had a team there in Perry Sound as well. So um, I was able to play uh, right through junior uh, all, all in, in the same place. Um, from there, obviously went to SUNY Potsdam um, for, for four years and uh, quite an interesting ride there. And then, uh, you know, not, not thinking that, uh, anything would come out of it other than me uh, getting a chance to go to school in the, in the States and, and play a bit of hockey while getting an education. And, you know, one thing led to another. And I, I had some East coast teams calling me after my senior year. And, you know, I thought even then, you know, 
give it a shot and maybe play a year or two and, and have some fun as a transition into the real world. Not thinking that, uh, you know, four, 14 years later, I'd be, you know, deciding to hang them up, uh, <laughs> playing, um, you know, it's something that, uh, you never expect to happen. It was, it was, you know, quite an interesting ride, I think, because I, I probably wasn't supposed to make it, you know, as far as I did, because, you know, as everyone says, Division Three hockey players aren't supposed to, you know, to, to move on to, to pro careers. And, you know, for whatever reason, uh, you know, I, I was in the right spots at the right time or, or whatever it may be. Um, you know, I, I ended up making a pretty good career out of it. Uh, hopefully I can, you know, inspire some, some other Division Three hockey players to, to pursue their goals because, you know, anything can happen. And uh, I think I'm proof of that. Yeah, a, a quick pause. You know, how how have things have changed, you know, since uh, a Division Three player can now make it, you know, um, where in the past I don't think that was always true, right? Yeah, it wasn't. I don't think it was always true because you never heard of, you know, many, many guys making it. And, and you know, there, there were obviously a select few I, I played against a couple, actually played with and against uh, a couple of the Division Three guys that went to Norwich, uh, Keith Coin and uh, I can't even think of the other guy's name. But uh, anyway, I, uh, you know, you come across some Division Three guys and, you know, they're few and far between. But, you know, looking back now, I, going to camps, uh, you know, out of college, you know, I'm, I'm with everyone that went to school is either North Dakota or, you know, Maine or, you know, Michigan or whatever, and all these big uh, D1 schools. And I'm sitting there like, yeah, I played, I played D3. <laughs> and everyone's like, where's that? And I'd say, okay, you know, I was close to Clarkson and St. Lawrence. Like, oh, yeah, we know that. Like, okay. um, so you don't really, you know, immediately you don't know whether you fit in or not. But, you know, once you step on the ice, you realize that, you know, the, the difference between Division One and D3 is, is not as big as it sounds or, or looks on paper. And, you know, once once you get over that hump and, and mentally, you know, realize that you belong, uh, you know, I, I think that that's the biggest hurdle right there. The difference isn't isn't that big. And I'm telling you right now, there's a lot of Division Three hockey players that could have played Division One, and for whatever reason, it didn't happen. Um, you know, and those are maybe are the guys that, that get a sniff at at some semi-pro hockey or pro hockey after. Um, but you know, it, it is possible for sure. Um, a lot of the D1 players don't get a sniff at the pros, you know. So, um, you know, some of the guys get overlooked and don't get recruited you know, kind of get fall into a D3 program because they didn't have the, the high profile team they played for, didn't get the recruiting that some of these D1 guys did. But, you know, like you say, a lot of these D1 guys don't get a chance. I mean, they're, they're moving on to desk jobs. So, you know, there's both ways. There's a lot of D3 guys that get overlooked and then there's a lot of D1 guys that don't make it any further than, you know, the third line. Absolutely. And it's, it's, uh, it's time and place for a lot of things, you know, maybe that scouts in the building one night and, you're sick and you're not even in the lineup and, you know, uh, that could have been your opportunity to, to, to turn ahead or to, to get noticed and, and things happen, happen like that all the time. And, and, you know, for whatever reason, it works out for some people and, and doesn't for others, but, um, you know, you just gotta stick with it. And, and it is an opportunistic thing. Like it, it's time and place for, for a lot of these things. So Chris bridge that gap for us. What, what kind of, uh, how did the D3 player, get recognized and kind of go on, you know, uh, to get the opportunity that you got is obviously there were some circumstances involved there. So what, want to explain that? 
There were. I I, I had a good uh, a good junior year, and then I had a had an even better senior year. Um, I I was an All American that year, and that kind of um, I guess people look at the stats or whatever. I, I doubt many people saw us play, to be honest with you. Uh, but you know, everyone looks at stats, and um, it is what it is. And, and there was a couple teams that called. Uh, it was Augusta and Johnstown and and the like. And one of our teammates, Joel Jennings, uh, his father was actually JJ. JJ one five. His uh, father was the uh, was the equipment manager down in Florida with the Everblades. So he's like, hey, listen, let me talk to my dad. He's like, these places, you know, I'll, I'll ask him about these places and, and see what's going on. Um, I, I used his insight, obviously. And um, his dad's like, you know, he's like, he's like, don't go there. He's like, he's like, I'll talk to the coach. He's like, maybe we can have you come down here. I'm like, well, you know, Southwest Florida sounds a heck of a lot better than, than, John's, than Johnstown. Uh, if, you can, if, you, if you can make this happen, that would be unbelievable. Anyway, it, it turned out that they did have some spots open, but mind you in the East coast, they sign a lot more guys than they uh, keep at, at the start of, at the end of camp. You know what I mean? Uh, they have a lot of guys come in. Uh, you can sign contracts and contracts aren't guaranteed. So you can have, you know, 20 forwards in our contract, but they're only going to keep, you know, 12 or 13. Right. So um, anyway, I was able to sign a contract and go down there based, you know, just having a connection with, with Joel and uh, you know, is that going to be down there and, and, Turns out it ended up being the lockout year that year. So in camp were guys that played in the NHL the, the year before at NHL games. And I'm sitting here coming out of D3. Like now I really don't think I belong. Um, yeah, it was like a whole new world. And camp ended. Uh, they, they kept me. I wasn't in the lineup to start the season. Uh, I started on the, uh, I was a healthy guy on the, on the high at hard to start the year, but I was still there. <laughs> Um, practicing and working my butt off and, and you know, a few games in I, I got an opportunity to, to jump in a game and, you know, one thing led to another and I managed to stick out the whole year which was, you know, beyond anything I could even dream of and uh, next thing you know I'm making a position change going back for a second year and uh, things kind of took off from there Nice, so eventually you ended up in the KHL is that correct? I did, yeah so you, we always had, we had a few guys on that uh, played in the KHL, and uh, you you actually won a few. Did you win two championships over there? Yeah, two two in five years over there. We won two. Nice. Do you have any uh, fun? Yeah, congratulations. Do you have any funny stories about the KHL? Bags of money. About Russia. Yeah, bags. Of yeah, money. It's not, <laughs> no, it's not. It's uh, it's funny you say that. Um, there's a lot of things that are eye opening over there. Um, a lot of a lot of the stuff a lot of the stuff you hear is true, but a lot of the stuff you hear happened years ago and doesn't happen anymore. Um, like the bags of money and stuff like that, that doesn't really happen anymore. It's uh, they've tried to they've tried to make it uh, a legitimate league, right, to, to compete. Um, so we have a players union and all this stuff. The the contracts are more guaranteed and backed by the league, where uh, before you never knew if you're going to get your money and. Uh, guys would be like that guys would get it in the garbage bag. You know, um, I, I've heard some, I've heard some bad stories of, of you know, things, uh, not going very well for a lot of people, but you know, they're, they're trying to make it more legitimate because they, they want better players there. Right. And, you know, if you're signing guys to contracts and, and nobody's ever seen their money, then nobody's going to come and play. Right. So, um, it, it's more legitimate now than, than it was, um, 
I, w- I was fortunate enough to play for, for a great organization, so I never had to worry about any of those things, really, and, and they take care of you um, very well. Uh, you live like a king over there when you play in that league. So it was a, it was a great experience and, and something that, you know, I'll never forget. Another perspective? Good. Nice. Did you have a family when you were there, or were you single? I went – my family stayed here in Nashville while I was over there, and I had it uh, – I had it – so during the year they have uh, – three national team breaks, um, one in November, one in December, one in February. Um, so I had it in my contract that I could go home three times during the year. Um, so they would give me a week off during those breaks and I'd fly home and then my wife would come over and, and then two days would come over for playoffs too. So we kind of, every training camp took a while. They, they like to have two month training camps there. So, um, that was like the longest stretch. And then like every six weeks I'd be home for a week. So we just kind of went back and forth. Now, are they still doing the shots in the ass or what? <laughs> there's some there's some Russian vitamins floating around. That, uh, <laughs> it's, you know, like it's uh, I don't even know if I should be saying it, but uh, there's some you know there's there's stuff that guys take stuff and and guys take supplements you know the same way here. Um, it's just I think monitored a little more closely here. Um, I didn't know what a lot of the stuff was, so I just didn't take it. And it's what it is. And we get drug tested all we get drug tested all the time too, right? So you don't wanna, you know, put yeah, right. anything in your body that yeah, that you didn't know what what it was. And if you don't speak Russian, you're not gonna know what it is. So uh, I just stayed away from that stuff. Silly, silly question, but um, you know, I've never been to Russia. how was the food and everything? Did you, you know, acclimate and everything there it, while you were there or Yeah, I mean it's uh we, it's traditional Russian food's a little different, but it's I mean it's different. Every every country you go to, the food's different, right? It's yeah. not, you know, it's not it's not American food. But uh, we did, we would be able to find, you know, American restaurants and and you know, uh, restaurants with with English menus and stuff like that to kind of get you over the hump until you, you know, we're able to understand enough Russian to to know what you're what you're ordering and stuff. But uh, you know, we we would just ask the guys where to go and. You know, we would always go to nice restaurants and um, there's like a, there's a big difference in class in, in that country, right? So it's, you know, you, you kind of find out the places to go and, and the places not to go. And uh, the places they tell you to go were usually pretty nice and, and uh, had, you know, pretty American uh, menus. So it, it was nice. So Chris, you know, you're saying that the KHL is getting more structured, um, which makes sense because they're competing against the NHL. A lot of good, you know, NHL players kind of float back and forth from the K to the NHL. Um, who are some big names that you played against over there? Um, well, I, I, like in the last few years, like that too came back over. Uh, Kovalchuk was there all my five years. Uh, Radulov was over for like three or four of my five years. Panarin was there uh, when I was there. He was he was excellent as well. You know, those are those are the big household names. I think uh, that that everyone would would recognize. Uh, no, Brash wasn't there, and Simon was gone, and, and oh. those guys were all gone out of the league before I got there. Thank goodness. <laughs> but I, you know what? I don't. I don't. I don't. I saw some videos and stuff of uh, some pretty wild, wild action uh, years back. But I, it, it's changed a lot uh, since they were there. <laughs> So are the are the rules similar to what, what's going on in the NHL now? Is it, you know, like zero clutch and grab and hardly any slashes and all about speed, or do they have more of the old school rules like we used to have? 
No, they, they try to implement the new rules. It's, it's the IHF, right? So it's the international rules. So all the countries over there try to, you know, stick by the same rule book. But I'll be honest with you, it varies game to game. Uh, there's not a lot of, not a lot of, not a lot of consistency, uh, from, from what you see. And who knows what the reasons are, uh, for that. I don't want to get into that, but you know, it, it's very consistent, but they, they do try to stick with the new rules and, and they keep the, the speed game and the skill game because that's what they like to watch. And, you know, they, they like to make the extra pass and, and the play the puck possession game. So, um, it, it's, you know, a lot easier to do and, uh, you can't have a guy draped on your back or, you know, water skiing through the neutral zone on you. So, uh, they, they, they try to call it like, like they, like they do here. So. <laughs> so then eventually you got, uh, called up to play for team Canada in, um, the Olympics winter Olympics. Um, tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, that was pretty exciting. I mean, obviously that, that I guess exciting would be an, an understatement. Um, you know, it's something that I, I still can't put into words or describe the, the whole emotion or the whole feeling of, of the whole event. Um, yeah. it was something, so I, I played in the world championships the year before, or the, the spring before. Um, so I was the only NHL, non NHL player on the, on the, uh, world championship team. Nice. Um, and they told, they told me then they're like, listen, like the NHL is not going, uh, you know, and you're going to be a big part of the team, uh, moving forward. And I'm like, yeah, I'm like, okay. I'm like, the NHL is still going to go because the previous Olympics, uh, the Sochi Olympics, I, they didn't decide until I think it was mid August that they're going. So I'm like, you know what? It's, it's May. It's early. They'll, they'll find a way to, to get the NHL guys there. So I wasn't, you know, you know, holding my breath on that. Um, but they're like, no, seriously, they're not going. I'm like, okay. I'm like, well, keep me posted or whatever. And then, you know, I had, I would have had a, I think a six week turnaround, no, a five week turnaround if I would have went back to Russia right away. So I was like, listen, I'm going to try to sign in the NHL. If, you know, if I end up making the NHL, then I play in the NHL. If I don't, you know, make the NHL, then I can play in the Olympics kind of thing. So it was like, uh, you know, a, a win-win for me there. Um, waited at a training camp and they're like, listen, like, you know, uh, we want you to come over and, and, and play in Europe, you know, join the team and, and, you know, you're going to be part of it. So they told me all this. I, I, I knew fairly early, but the team wasn't announced until January. And you literally couldn't, weren't allowed to tell anybody, like, I was my wife. I told my wife and that said, I didn't tell my parents, didn't tell anybody else. And like, how do you sit on that? Yeah. Right. So it was like super awkward. And like other guys that are trying out for the team were like asking and I didn't know what to say. And like, I, you know, I don't want to lie to them, but I'm like, no, I haven't heard anything. And blah, 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 blah. It was, uh, it was super, super tough to, to keep under wraps. But, uh, I mean, what a, what an experience that was. And, um, it's something that you never dream even possible. And if you do, you're lying because it's not, I mean, no one ever expects to play in the Olympics. Right. So yeah, it was, uh, you know, what a, what a way to, to, to finish off for me there. Yeah. Pat played in the beer Olympics one time. Yeah. <laughs> beer pong. <laughs> down at, down at Duffers. Yeah. Down at Duffers. Down at Duff. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So you guys got a medal too, right? Yeah, we got, we end up with Brian. Nice. You got that hanging in a nice plaque on the wall. No, I got it in a safe because I don't know what the heck to do with it. <laughs> yeah. 
That's a good and idea. I, and I don't know. I don't know anyone else that has one, right? So who am I gonna ask? Like, hey, what do you do with your metal? But, uh, <laughs> I, I I don't know what to do with it. We're gonna we're gonna do a display somewhere in the house, but we haven't. Uh, I I don't want to. I want to do it once and do it right. So I want right. I want to make sure that we you know, um, you know, do it the right way because it's pretty special. Definitely. So you know, displays. Uh, they did a nice little shrine for you up at SUNY Potsdam in Maxi Hall. I saw that the other day when I was over there. Yeah, very nice. Yeah, yeah, I was up for the uh, event there at the start of October. Um, yeah, it was pretty cool. So, Chris, uh, correct me if I'm wrong. You did dress for Pittsburgh, is that correct, for an NHL game? And then, how'd that uh, work? Yeah, I, I dressed, uh, took the pregame warm-up. Uh, came off the ice and, and Biles uh, kind of gave me the hook. Um, we, there was a guy that uh, Mark Eaton had back spasms in the morning. Uh, so I flew in from Hartford. We were in Hartford on the road. Uh, flew into Ottawa that night thinking I was going to play, right? And he was on a trainer, trainer's table uh, before the game. Uh, so I dressed, you know, getting out there for warm-up. I actually showed up like half an hour late because the traffic and the flight and all that stuff, right? So I rolled in, I think, at like 5.30 or quarter to 6. Got my stuff on quick to get out for warm-up and then uh, ended up not, not playing the game. But um, And then I flew to Atlanta, uh, spent the night there. And then uh, about midway through the next day, uh, Eats was, they kind of had it under control. So he ended up playing the game. And then I waited around the next day to see if I could, they need, still needed me. And then I uh, got sent down. So I got a couple flights and, and you know a couple nice days in the hotel and, and the NHL, but uh, no games to show for it. <laughs> Close You're on warm ups. Yeah, warm ups, all right. I, I did. I, I, I hit the post on Flurry, and I, you know, I still don't think he ever saw the puck. I shot it so hard. I was buzzing too. I was I was high stepping it around the neutral zone, just flying. <laughs> I, I was I was re- I was ready to go, but you know, Bowser didn't see that. I guess so. He went with the veteran. That's a claim to fame, man. That's pretty awesome. You see, you're on the ice. I'd take it. Crosby was out there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got a day's NHL pay, but I think I uh, spent it all on tickets, getting everyone to the game. I don't think I think I ended up losing money that day. <laughs> And didn't even play in the game. <laughs> That's awesome. So, are you are you completely detaching from hockey? Are you watching NHL right now? Are you following or? Um, I follow it pretty closely. I, I've always followed it. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, it's in in my blood, in my heart. Uh, I don't watch a lot of games. I'll catch a period or two, you know, at, at late at night. But yeah, I haven't uh, haven't watched too much of it. I, I think the more I stay away from it, the first year. Of retirement, the easier it'll be. Yeah, um, for a transition. So. Yeah. So, so what, are, what are Chris Lee's big plans for the next the retirement? Mean you don't work anymore? Or are you gonna? Have I, to yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I hopefully not. No, it's uh, I'm retired from hockey. I'm not uh, completely done with you know shutting it down. It sounds awful at 38, or it sounds awesome and awful. I guess like everyone's like, how can you be retired? Like you get me so bored, but. No, we have some uh, we have some rental properties around Nashville and the surrounding area uh, that you know we started business a few years back. Um, so I'm managing those, and you know we're building a house right now to sell, and uh, we got little projects like that that are keeping me busy. And then uh, my two boys, 
you know, run the run the heck out of me every day. So they're they're keeping me busy too. They okay. lace them up. Uh, once in a while, but my you know my my three year old's more interested in golf, I think, than baseball than hockey. <laughs> he's been on a couple times, and he's, he, I asked him like, hey, I'm like Jackson, I'm like, if you want to be a hockey player, I'm like, you got to learn how to skate. He's like, I don't want to be a hockey player. He's like, I want to be a golf player. I'm like, oh, okay, <laughs> smart kid. I, I guess we'll a golf player. He says. Um, so I guess we're going to figure, we're gonna have to figure that one out. But. You're a scratch golfer, right, Chris? You're pretty good. Oh, I'm, I'm trying to get my handicap back down right now. Yeah. I hit some balls today. It was 60 degrees here in Nashville, so I went over to the club. Um, I think I'm like a six and a half right now, but hopefully it'll be lower. That's what Rob is on a part of three. <laughs> yeah. Maybe nine holes. Not even. <laughs> not, e- not even six holes, maybe six holes. You guys are giving him a lot of credit. First three, four holes, four holes, six over on four holes. That's maybe, maybe. Depends how many beers and whatever else. Whatever going on. else. Yeah. <laughs> so, is there much hockey in Nashville? Is it means there's minor hockey for your kids if they want to get into it, or what's the deal down there? Yeah, actually, it's it's grown quite a bit uh, in recent years. Uh, there's a couple of good programs downtown. They have a Junior Preds uh, program, and they have uh, a couple other uh, programs as well, um, from you know House League right up to to AAA. So um, there there uh, there's lots of kids uh, interested in hockey now. The, the Preds being a, a pretty big ticket here in town uh, in recent years. So it's got a lot of uh, a lot of people excited about hockey here and which is nice to see in the South because um, I've only been down here seven years and it's tra- changed, you know, drastically in, in those seven years. And uh, I can only see uh, more people being interested now. So um, they're building another rink here in town because of the ice availability. I mean, there's so many people that want to play and uh, not enough sheets of ice. So um, they're getting to move and it, it, it's great to see. I heard it's uh, easier to get Titans tickets than it is the Predators. And that's how big Nashville is. Yeah. Getting. It's that's that's no joke. That's uh, it's it's got to be one of the loudest buildings in the NHL too. Like I've been to a couple of games and it's uh, it's intense. But it's it's a great uh, it's a great atmosphere. When you go to a game, like it, you're basically getting a concert because they have like you know big big groups like playing in between periods and stuff. Like the last game I went, it was like Big and Rich were playing between periods and. Um, you know, like the just it, the entertainment is it's not just the game, you know what I mean? It's the whole it's everything. They're tailgating out in front of outside uh, yeah, before the man. game with all the bars. Yeah. They got yeah, they got ban- oh, bands in the streets and you go inside, there's bands in the intermissions, you go back out after, it's just like a it, it's an event. Every every game and the fans love it and and they're they're on their feet the the whole game too. So it's uh it's a pretty wild atmosphere. It, it's it, you know, it's a lot of fun. I've been over there twice, and I'm in Asheville now, so I'm pretty close to you, okay. Boofer. So uh, yeah. I, I go over every once in a while to Nashville, and uh, yeah. so I've been I've been to two games, and just crazy. The whole street there, Broadway, is just yeah. uh, packed with bands. People are out, you know, boozing on the street. Uh, like Chris said, there's bands inside the arena. It's just like it's a crazy atmosphere, and for being in the South, it's huge. You would expect that, you know, and Ottawa, Montreal, or Calgary, or somewhere. A lot of transplants down there, though, probably. Yeah, that's true. But, I mean, the Nashville, <laughs> Nashville's just getting, you know, the hot, you know, they're doing so well in hockey. 
hockey that they're the fans are just you know mo- you know moving over to hockey instead of football that's, and that's crazy yeah and obviously success brings that right so they they yeah. have they have a good team and have had good teams the last couple of years and i mean when they were in the finals last year yeah two years ago <laughs> the whole street was like shut down like viewing parties down the streets uh big block party um there's like I don't know. I think they said upwards of a hundred thousand people downtown for the game. Like it was yeah. absolutely insane. I did not go down there. Then. <laughs> it's just like, uh, you just get caught up in that and you don't even end up watching the game. Right. So, yeah. uh, just seeing it, just seeing it on the news and stuff. I was like, Oh, like it was unbelievable. Um, the amount of people that are, are supporting this team right now. It, it's, it's awesome. Well, I'll be over there for when the Wilds show up again. So let me know. We can meet All up. Right. All right. Get some tickets. Yeah, if you got to hook up for tickets, eh? Yeah, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hey, Chris, man, it's been a pleasure. We really appreciate you taking some time out of your day and coming on and chatting with us in the Blue Line Hockey Club. It's been fun, man. No worries. No worries. Good catching up, Chris. Good to hear your voice. Yeah, buddy. Man. Good luck. Yeah, it's been a while. Glad glad to hear about all your success, Chris. We we're awful uh, proud to see you play and everything. Thanks, buddy. Who would have thought, eh? Next head coach of Potsdam State. Yeah, Chris, yeah, yeah right. we're pulling for you. We're getting a mansion on Pierpont. Negative 20 degrees. <laughs> <laughs> I think your bar stool is still in Duffers, the one with your name yeah, on it. Yeah, right. Eh? It's got my, my ass groove in it still. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's your shrine at Duffs. We didn't even we didn't even go back there. Like streets are shut down, eh? Like when we went back there, we ended up at the cantina. Oh, really? There's an investment yeah. for you, Chris. You and Bondo. Yeah, right. Huh? <laughs> that that would be smart. Yeah, like seven more years on his uh... money well spent. It should have been shut down when we were there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah it should have. <laughs> well, all right, Chris. Oh, thanks, man. man. Thanks for coming out. We'll all get right, you boy. on again. Thanks for coming on, bud. Absolutely. Absolutely. Anytime, boys. Thanks, man. Sounds good. Yep. Be well. All right. Take care. Take care. Chris Lee sitting in with us tonight. Team Canada, bronze medalist, uh, big-time player in the KHL, winning winning a couple championships over there. That's that's a pretty good feat. You know, he's there five years, won two championships. That's, you know, second-best league in the, in the world. So yeah, for that's sure. a pretty big feat. Yeah, they uh, they retired his jersey over there. They they did a pretty big uh, ceremony over there for him. I I think they did him right, from what I understand. I mean, you almost have to, as a D three school, use him as that marketing tool. I mean, look look at what we produced. I guess they're using it as um, we've had a player that played for the Canadian Olympics, uh, played you know KHL got called up to the NHL. So that's huge for Potsdam State. I mean, they they almost have to make a shrine for him. And like Rob said, they got his jersey retired and they got his, uh, what was it, what do you say, All-American hanging up in there. So Yep, his jersey's in the rafter. Yeah, they got his picture on the wall, I think, inside the rink. So it's pretty good uh, showing for Chris Lee. And, yeah. you know, like you said, a lot of uh, recruits, If you like even coming out of the North Country, if you don't go to prep school, you don't go play juniors, um, you're not getting those looks for D1. You know, you got to get out and you got to go play play in these schools where, you know, college coaches are going to, to watch you. You know, they don't want to go watch these local high school teams. Even if you're really good, they're not coming there to watch, right? So that's not where all the prospects are. So some, some of these guys get overlooked and they, they make a D3 team and, you know, they, they can play. 
So, I mean, I think that happens in all sports, you know, you see some of these football players that come in as a, you know, an undrafted player and actually make some of these pro teams too. And they go to a shit college, but you know, they're good players. I think if you listen to what he said though, there's, and I, I've thought about this many times. Like, I mean, obviously there's like some really top level division one hockey programs, you know, like the BUs and, you know, the BCs and all, all those Michigans, you know, the Matt Notre Dame, massive schools, um, of the world but if you look at you know like some of the smaller division one programs there's probably a lot of parity between who's playing d3 and who's playing at that d1 level you could probably and i i've thought sometimes like you probably put potsdam state against st lawrence at some of their bad years you know what i mean you might you might see a pretty decent hockey game but um i i think there is a lot of parity between what it takes to be a D3 player and what it takes to D1, be a D1 player. It's, I think, the, I think it's a pretty thin line. Yeah. Yeah. You might see it. So like the first line for Potsdam state might, you know, be on the same level as a fourth or third line, some of the D1 schools, but they didn't have the opportunity to get the, the recruiting, you know, and some of these guys, you know, they, their parents have money. They send them to one of these high end prep schools. They get them in front of the right people. You know, they go to a place like St. Lawrence. They don't need a scholarship because their parents can afford it. You know, that's a good part of it too. They only get so many scholarships, right? So you get a coach and he's like, well, this guy doesn't need any money. He's a decent player. I can get him on the team. I don't have to use any of my scholarship money. You know, that's part of it too with some of these kids. Yeah. I mean, Chris even said that, you know, he touched on, you know, some nights you can be sick, you know, and the scouts there that night and you miss that opportunity. Same thing goes for kids. You know, if you're not going to these high end prep schools, you miss that opportunity to, you know, for the right people to see you. So that's exactly what it is. And, you know, going back to Derek, there is a fine line. Uh, some of these top end, like Chris Lee, when he was playing at Potsdam State, he definitely could have played for St. Lawrence or Clarkson and sure. produced. And produced. Sure. Uh, I mean, just, Rob, you saw that at Salisbury Prep School. I mean, how many of the kids that played on the hockey team's parents had decent amount of cash? Um, I mean, it's a different world. It, it seemed like every kid there had – you know, more, more resources than, than most. Yeah. Yeah. Well, listen, look at I mean, guys from towns like ours that, you know, they got scholarships to go there, but. Absolutely. Like, money. think about, I mean, I can think about, think about guys that we even grew up, grew up playing hockey with like in high school. You know what I mean? Like some kids went off and played, but there, I mean, there's a lot of guys on that team that probably could have gone and played at a much higher level. It just didn't happen for whatever reason, you know, and a couple of them went and played somewhere. I don't know. I mean, it's 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 a pretty it, it's I don't know. It, it's kind of a crapshoot. I think it's what makes somebody and what breaks somebody. Yeah, guidance, you know, a lot of parents don't understand. There like, you go. Yeah. Well, and and I think high school, and that's it. A, a lot of it is. I don't think we saw the same doors that they weren't there when we were coming through. They they weren't even there, let alone open and you know ready for these young kids to to run through and to start playing in the NHL. I mean, I, I don't know. Just speaking personally, like, I don't think we had the vision to see how, how what steps were needed to climb that ladder, um, you know, to, to get to that ultimate goal. Huh? Yeah, I mean, it takes, it takes money in the long run. We talk about it all the time, you know, the less fortunate kids get left behind because their parents can't afford Shaddix. You know, they can't yeah. afford to send them to juniors or whatever it is, you know, so... Those opportunities aren't there, especially in hockey. I would say. Yeah, it's it's tough to play for your hometown unless you're in Minnesota to play for your hometown uh, high school team and get seen by anybody. I mean, we played on how many state championship teams, and how many 
you know, how many people are getting D1 letters, you know? Yeah, exactly. And speaking of here. speaking of Minnesota, actually in the uh, men's hockey poll rank, three of the top four teams are from Minnesota. So St. Cloud State's ranked number one. UMass, Morley Schools, ranked number two. Head coach Greg Carville. And then it, it runs out third place is Minnesota State and then Minnesota Duluth. So like Mark's saying, three of the top teams in men's D1 hockey is in Minnesota. So most of those kids that are on those teams, especially, you know, Duluth, it's primarily, look at their roster. It's pr- all pretty much um, Minnesota kids. It's almost like up here, up there in upstate New York, you look at the D1 men's hockey, St. Lawrence, Clarkson, and Potsdam State, most of them are Canadian. So, But in Minnesota, Minnesota kids are all on those teams. So yeah. We had Kenny Roush on. He actually had a stat of how many Minnesota uh, players were in the NHL. And like Minnesota alone had more than, I don't know what countries he mentioned, but they were, they were up there as far as how they represented the United States. There's only so many... Uh, U.S. guys in the NHL, and the Minnesota has overwhelmingly um, got the, the most NHLers. State of hockey. Yeah. Well, the Wild struggled last night. Speaking uh, of Minnesota, that was a tough game to watch. They just couldn't get a goal. They had a bunch of chances, but they couldn't get one in the back of the net. Couldn't buy a goal. Very boring game, I thought. But <clears throat> looking at watching San Jose play, they got some good boys out there. I was pretty surprised. Uh, um, they're zipping that puck. Brett Burns, he's a big boy in front of the net. First time I like really watched him play every shift, and uh, he's a really good hockey player. Yeah, Minnesota, they had that Koivu injury, and um, you know, he's out for a couple of games, and that coil line was on fire. Um, so they, they put Koivu on the third line. You know, we were talking about that, and, you know, we didn't notice, didn't think the coach would put the captain on the third line, but he did. He kept Greenway on the first line. And um, it was like, what, the second period, Pat? They went right back to the old school lines that they had before. Right back so, to where it was, yep. Yeah, so that didn't last long. But they still couldn't create too much. Um, you know, they couldn't get much offense going. Um, just to touch on what we are talking about, the Wild, we'll, let's back it up a little bit because about, uh, well, it was nine games from the game. They just played against Calgary. It was nine games after they played Calgary, and Dumba had a big hit controversial but most people were saying it was clean a good hit and he smoked this guy guy came off the bench and fought him like came off the bench and yeah. uh, too many smoked. men just ran off the bench yeah so the game was old school hockey man the calgary came into minnesota and it was getting ugly uh three different fights right off the bat matthew kachuk grabbed dumbo and fought right at the beginning of the game and uh, I believe Dumbo, that's when he got hurt. Hendricks got in a fight down in the corner, and then uh, Suter got in a fight, his first fight since, like, 2002. <laughs> he, um, he called it a pillow fight after the game. Yeah. He's that much a fighter. Yeah, Dumbo's out now. I think he's out for – you're going to see Prosser in the lineup for a little while now. I think Dumbo's out for an undisclosed reason. Yeah. So, you know, that was part of it. They were talking about, like, you know, okay, so he had the big hit, and – you know, now you got one of your top players because they went after him. Now he's hurt, right? So you got the the highest scoring defenseman in the league out injured because Matthew Kachuk 
grabbed him and fought him, and he hurt his wrist during the fight. So, Matt, you know, that's tough. man, he's making a he's making a name for himself as being kind of a gritty player, huh? Both he's of them scored the game. He scored the game winner in that game too, I believe. Yeah, but he's not afraid to he's not afraid to dice it up a little bit either. Not at all. I like him. Young kid like that, you know, being the guy that's going to go out and try to, you know, settle the score with with Dumbo right away in the first period. It was, uh, I I was surprised to see it. Yeah, I like it. I thought it would have been, you know, a defenseman or, you know, maybe a fourth liner or something. You know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. Definitely Pops. Pops Kachuk, man. He taught those boys to not back down from anything. I like the way, like the way all of them play the game. You know, it's, it's, it's fun to watch Brady's, you know, he's stepping into the league and he's acting like it's, he's been in the league for 10 years. It's yeah. Nothing he had a goal the other night. Yeah. Yeah. Did I hear that his dad might be in the running for the Flyers coach? Is that, I don't know. I didn't off on that. I'm Probably not sure. Not right. I just thought I was walking by the TV and I thought I heard that. And I was like, what? I can't be right. <laughs> I'm not sure. But speaking of the, the Flyers and speaking of uh, fighting, you see guys, you guys see Gritty? Out there yeah. taking down Santa Claus? I did. He's out there knocking down five or six Santa Clauses. He's getting crazy <laughs> media attention. <laughs> He's the best thing to happen to the Flyers because they're, they're obviously their team sucks. So they get their mascot, at least get some press. I watched the video on that. I was laughing so freaking hard. I couldn't believe it. Stupid. I, I think freaking... it's great because everyone wants their picture with Gertie now and they're buying, buying shit left and right that has to do with Gertie. So, you know. It's awesome for Philly. Like Mark said, something good for the Flyers. <laughs> I was going to say, it's the only thing going right there, yeah. New yeah. head coach. Yeah, we just mentioned that. Uh, so they fired Ron Hextall as a GM. Um, they filled that position. We talked about it last week. And now um, interim coach is Scott Gordon. I think, Pat, you said he coached the Islanders. He had a stint with the Islanders before. Yeah. And, uh, you know, they were trying to get Joel Quenville, but I don't think he's interested. So they are uh, – Apparently taking their time at this point, probably because they can't get what they want. Yeah, they fired, they fired Dave Haskell. Rob and I were talking earlier. He used to be the head coach of uh, North Dakota um, Division One men's hockey. And um, he took a risk three years ago, left that program, which I don't, I don't know if you guys know, but that a rink in South Dakota, the North Dakota Fighting Sioux, that arena is an NHL arena. Um Big program. He pretty much had it made there. Took a risk, you know. You know, Quinner, Dave Quinn, um, the coach of the Dallas Stars. He left Denver uh, after winning two national championships. So I, Rob and I were just talking that you know these guys had it made in college. Took the risk, jumped into the NHL. You know, Dave Haskell's fired. He's out. He doesn't have a job. So uh, it, it's tough to do that, you know. So. Uh, I thought it was pretty yeah, especially interesting. Especially if you don't get fired like you do. You know, if you're no. in a college program, you know, you got to really suck to get fired. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, you know, well, NHL, these guys you suck to get fired. Championships. Yeah, I know. But, like, so basically, you win a couple of national championships. You're signing a contract for, like, 10 years, right? Yeah, you, you just can like go to work with it. pants. Yeah, so, I mean, <laughs> you you have, like, one winning season – you're signing a big contract, right? So a lengthy one anyway, that's going to guarantee a job for a long time. Or in the NHL, man, they're firing you mid season if you're not winning. So like you say, I mean, financially, you know, it's a big risk. It is. Yeah. I don't know about the higher levels of uh, D1 hockey, if that's the case, but yeah, yeah, you're right. 
Yeah, higher levels for sure. I mean, look at Joe Marsh. Guy, you know, was there how many years? I mean, he had some good seasons, but he had a lot of bad seasons too. Right. There was no chance he was going to get fired from his from his job. Yeah. Sure, but you, you start talking like a BU or something like that. You know, those guys. You start that losing that B, You start losing that BU. You're not going to. You're going to be showing the door pretty quickly. Yeah. Yeah, for Let's sure. Go. We want to do some All Star stuff, guys. Yeah. So just for the listeners, the All Star break's coming up in San in San Jose, January 26, the 2019 Honda NHL All Star Game. Um, Honda. So you can go on um, the NHL.com and actually vote for the four captains of the all-star game and they break it up into each division. So obviously there's only two teams. So there's going to be two captains on each team. So you pick, pick a player from the Atlantic division, metropolitan central and Pacific. And that's right on NHL.com. And uh, we actually were talking about it. We wanted to do it on the show tonight. So we're going to go around and um, each of us are going to kind of talk themselves into their pick and uh, we'll go around. So whoever That's wants okay. to go first, I'm going to use the uh, porta potty. Oh. righty. I'll go first. All right. So first division I'm going to look at here would be the Atlantic division. Um, they've got about 20 guys on this list here. So um, weed them out. You know, weed, them out. weed them out. Yeah, I'm going to look uh, just for a hometown boy because uh, Jimmy Howard's from, from our town here. I'm going to pick Jimmy Howard in the Atlantic. Um, probably not you know, the most deserving, but he is a longtime veteran in the league, and uh, he's had a really good season. He had a really good couple of weeks coming in um, to this week, so we'll give him a shout-out there. Um, I'm going to head over to the Metropolitan Division now and look through here. Uh, Barzell, you're too young. You're Jimmy, Jimmy Howard's had a resurgence this year, man. I've, I've heard, too, that he's um... – Maybe on a little bit of the trading block. Um, yeah, we'll last see. year of his uh, last year of his contract. So, well, I think it, I think they're using his kind of like resurrection a little bit to you know get some trade value at the time. So, let's hope yeah. he uh, whatever whatever happens. Let's hope Jimmy ends up where he wants to be in in a good situation. Yeah, I, I think I mentioned it against the Kings last week. He had forty two saves, let in one goal. And uh, they only had 20 shots. And the first 20, first 10 they had were in the beginning of the first period. Yep. So, I mean, he single-handedly won that game for him. He's playing pretty good. I'm going to go with Ovi. You know, can't go wrong with a Vexion in the Metro. That's an easy one. That's an easy one. Easy sure. one, yeah. And then uh, move over to the Pacific or the Central. I'm going to go with uh, probably a wild guy. So, I'm going to pick Matt Dumba. Most goals as defenseman so far this year. Um, and then over in the Pacific, Johnny Gurdow, he's pretty nasty if you guys haven't seen him play yet. He is pretty nasty. All right. So that finishes up Marky Marley. So I got Jimmy Howard, Ovi, Dumba, and Johnny Gurdow. All right. Let's go the opposite direction. I'll start from the opposite way. I'll I'll go from the Pacific backwards. I'm going to take who we talked about earlier, a nice little gritty hockey player, Matty Kachuk. That's a good pick. Yeah, we'll put him in there. Cruising over to the central. We have to get Matty Gachuk on the show. Yeah. I like the way he plays, man. I'll, I'll go with a wild player, too, in Grandland. I feel like that kid, he's he's just always he's always in a position to score. He's always making things happen. So I'll take Grandland in the central. Uh, going to the metro. 
I think I'd be remiss. Yeah, Brandon's a good playmaker. I think I'd be remiss if I didn't find myself a Rangers player down here. So we'll give, uh, you know, Henry's getting a little long in the tooth, but let's give Lundquist a shout here in yeah, the Metro and uh, in the Atlantic. Nah, Zook's been banged up a bit. I don't know if he really deserves to, to get the shot in there, but. And uh, let's go to the Atlantic. We'll take, uh, looking through the picks here. It's a lot yeah. of guys. This might, this, might be, this might be the easiest one of the night. We'll take Austin Matthews. Nice. Here you go. Yep, we got JT right underneath in there, too. Yeah. All right. Patrick Uncle Lardy. All right. Uh, Lardy. I guess I'm going to take uh, BU player Jack Eichel just because I'm rooting for the uh, Sabres. Uh, I like what the Sabres are doing this year. A lot of fans, a lot of buddies of mine are Sabre fans, including Rob. I like to see uh, Buffalo do well. Uh, Metropolitan Division. Yeah, and with that, too, with Eichel, uh, I don't know if you guys know, but the captain of each team is required to talk to the press after every game. That's a tough, tough gig, man. Because you don't, you know, every game you lose, you got to go out and face the press. So, yeah, you know, he's been taking on that role, and that's been a big change for him. He drives uh, some pretty nice cars, too, doesn't he? Yeah, he's got some nice. <laughs> um, I'm going to take Ovi in uh, Metropolitan. He deserves it. He's having a. He keeps, yeah. you know, impressing. Just, I mean, continues to just rack up the points and won the Stanley Cup. Um, pretty much going with. Uh, the easy picks. Um, I had two Patrick's last week. Not too shabby. I I guess I yeah, I'm not gonna go with a wild player. Um, they're just not consistent for me. Um, I'm gonna go with uh, Miko Ratnan of Colorado. He's fucking ripping it up. 15 goals, 41 assists, 56 points. Leads the NHL. Yeah, that's um, crazy. 41 assists. Uh, Pacific Division, um, I'm probably going to stay with uh, Derek and pick Matt, Matthew Kachuk just because uh, I like his style of play. Uh, you know, it's tough to go against Connor McDavid. He's like, you know, Connor McJesus of hockey. Um, I don't know. I guess I'm not going with Matthew Kachuk. I got to go with McDavid. Sorry. I'm with you in the Pacific. I don't, I don't think you can turn your back on McDavid. Um, yeah. as far as leaders, I, I, I don't see anybody else that really stands next to him. Uh, central division. I chose Nate McKinnon, um, 21 goals, 32 assists. I think most of them are too rat and probably. Yeah. Yeah, so. um, Definitely. You know, they're, they're, Two good players, so uh, I chose McKinnon. Uh, Metropolitan, I think you're you're probably right with Ovechkin as well. I mean, he's just battle tested, veteran. Uh, Twenty nine goals, fourteen assists, plus fourteen. Uh, I don't see why not. Um, Atlantic Division, I chose Johnny Tavares. Um, just a veteran, you know, big name. Uh, I personally like him. I, I uh, he's producing personal choice. Yep. Yeah, he had a couple of points out, um, last night too. He's he's a good player. Thirty-six points there. plus seven. Yeah. Austin Matthews was tough not to go pick him over there too. He's yep. he's up there with Connor McDavid. He just floats and 
I mean, geez, yeah. you could pick freaking Marner from that team, you know, like. Yeah, there's tough picks. So, good picks, guys. We'll uh, see what the rest of the world thinks, and I'm sure that's coming out soon. The uh, Christmas break's coming, so these teams are going to have a little bit of a break here. I don't know how many days they get off, but uh, they play a couple more games, and then they're off for Christmas. So, Blue Line Hockey Club is also going to take the week off, uh, seeing that the NHL will be on break as well. So there'll be no podcast next week, but make sure you tune in the following week to see who we have for an interview and get all your local updates on our NHL news. We want to give a shout out to uh, two four hockey fellas. I give them a little bit of a plug for their Christmas push. Two four hockey.us, two four hockey.ca. Uh, use uh, promotion code twelve blhc fifteen off get fifteen off your entire purchase. I think I was correct with that, right, Pat? Yes, that's correct. Just before we go here, I just uh, take two minutes and talk about Berglund and Buffalo. He didn't uh, report to the uh, oh yeah, big news to Buffalo. So uh, they kind of released him. Uh, for all the listeners, he's been in St. Louis for almost nine years, eight or nine years. Got traded to Buffalo. Um, didn't really like how he was utilized on that team. Um, this is all rumor, of course, and uh, didn't show up to a few practices, and um, now Buffalo released him. Some people are saying, you know, he can dispute that. He can say if he has, like, a legal excuse, like your mom wrote you a note saying that uh, your dog ate your homework, he can fight for that $12 million with Buffalo. But if he just flat out said, I'm not showing up, they can uh, negate his contract, which it sounds like that's the issue. But uh, – you know, just to – it's $12 million he's out to lose, and to be that picky, um, I think it would be tough for another team to pick him up. I mean, some, Someone's going to pick him up. But, you know, what a wine ass, you know. He's making $12 million fucking dollars. Yeah. Yeah, that's, my, that's my opinion right there. I was just going to say the same thing. I mean, like, you're playing in the NHL, dickhead. Like, all of us assholes are sitting around watching on TV, scratching up balls, so, like, yeah, pushing. We were in, the, in your position, you know. Um, all these healthy scratches out there that aren't playing. Um, all the guys in the AHL wishing they could get a shot. Yeah, uh, you know, like what the fuck? Go out there and play. You know, you you're on the team. You signed a contract. What do you, you think you are, right? On the it's, team. Well, yeah. You're not Austin Matthews. You're not fucking Le'Veon Bell. Like you know, get out there he's and had, play. He's had numerous. I think he's of his like nine years he's been in the NHL. He's had like six twenty. 20 goal seasons, which is pretty big. That's, you know, a good third, second line here. It's huge. Yeah. It's probably the truth is probably somewhere in between, right? So there's probably a little bit more information about this that we don't know, but for sure. I mean, you'd think uh, from the outside looking in, it's like suck it up, buttercup. Yeah. Like Pat said, he he was healthy scratched a couple times. I mean, so we got butt hurt about that. I mean, what you need to do is get your ass to practice, work a little harder, and fuck, take a day off, go eat a hot dog in the concession stand. <laughs> you know, Jesus Christ! I mean, some of these guys, like like I mentioned, Le'Veon Bell, like you're a douchebag, right? You know, your team needed you all season. You held out because you wanted more money. Like you're gonna get a boatload of money, man. How much do you need to play football? You know, stop being so selfish. And they Maybe get it's greedy. It's like you give these guys money, and they think they're better than everybody else just because they're, you know, playing in these pro leagues. Like, hey, man, you're not that who, cool. Who was the Bills player that did the same thing? Retired in halftime, yeah. <laughs> That's a, that goes down in the Hall of Fame, a stupid shit right there. It must be something in the water in Buffalo. You know, I mean, 
a lot of people, you know, talk shit about Buffalo as a city just because it's dark and dingy and cold as fuck. So, um, I don't know. Probably had something to do with it. But he's in St. Louis. It's not like he – that's where he wants to play. That's where he wants to be. It's not like he's in South Florida or San Jose or somewhere, you know, Carolina or somewhere nice. You're like the guy from Buffalo, right? You had this, you had this career. What are you going to be known for? The guy that retired at halftime, you know, like the douchebag that left the game and retired. Like, so that's how everybody knows you now. It's not like what you did well during your career or what, how many points you had or a touchdown you scored or whatever it is. Right? You're known for the dumbass that retired at halftime. <laughs> Good job, dumbass. Yeah. <laughs> it's about right. Where was your agent on that? Well, we are taking next week off. You guys can see the Christmas tree behind me. Yeah, you're very festive tonight. I like that, Pat. Make sure Thanks you get a here. picture of that on the website. Please, Navida. So, uh, yeah, we gave two four a quick shout out. Um, you guys want to give a shout out to any of our local sponsors at this time? Technically right. Technically right. Technically. You can't figure out your computer like Patrick. Like me, call. most of the times. Call Rob up. He fixes all my issues. What's the number for technically right? If anybody has any computer issues, the best thing is you can just Rob can do it from his home, so he doesn't got to come to your house. He can just give you a code, take over your computer, and just do it while you're in your underwear. Yeah, <laughs> save you all the curse words at your computer be all frozen up. <laughs> so yeah, boys, we got Christmas coming up. I hope everybody has a happy holiday and uh, merry friggin' Christmas. And uh, you know, to all of our listeners out there. Happy holidays, Merry Christmas, all that good stuff. Until next time, folks, keep your stick on the ice. Tell ya! Keep your head up.